Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I'm excited to bring you today's featured guest, Mark Groves. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. For anyone listening who may not be familiar with Mark's work, let me give you a little background. Mark specializes, I'm sorry, has a specialized interest in the area of human connection. He's an author, speaker, and sales consultant. He's in love with science, psychology, and uncovering the mysteries of what makes great relationships work. Speaking of that, he's certain there are no secrets when it comes to a great relationship. Rather, he believes that all relationships are by design, and we are all the architects of what we want. Mark has a certificate in applied positive psychology and has written for Plenty of Fish, Thought Catalog, The Good Men Project, and is the relationship columnist for 24-hour newspaper. When he's not working with clients, you'll find him traveling the globe, playing in the mountains and ocean, or pretty much anything that gets his heart beating in the paradise that is Vancouver, British Columbia. Mark, take a minute, fill in any blanks there may be in that intro, and, and give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you would. Well, my, um, I think beyond that, my sort of like work only, I guess, began by, in a way, I had the intentional desire to start writing on relationships because they fascinated me so much. And, you know, like anyone's, I think, form of work in this area, it's, it sort of began selfishly in the interest of, you know, seeking to help myself to understand my own failures and, you know, the, the, the struggles I'd had in relationships. So I actually started an Instagram about two and a half years ago that's picked up you know, it picked up quite a following pretty quickly, and it's called Create the Love. So that's probably the other place to find me. Um, and in my personal life, yeah, you know what? Being connected to nature is one of my favorite things. I love to travel. Um, and relationships have always been such a, you know, before I was always in sales. When I was growing up, I was in sales. I did finance and marketing in university, and I worked in sales in hospitals for years. And um, I was always fascinated with the other side of, like, how do I get more sales? How do I... I close more business. How do I, you know, I, for <laughs> sake of another term, it was, you know, how do I manipulate people into doing what I want? You know, that, um, those range of books on sales. And, and, you know, I had a relationship that ended that had me really be fascinated in understanding, like, why am I so good at these other types of relationships? And I have all these skill sets, yet I'm not applying them in romantic relationships. So that's sort of what birthed my work. Nice. So, yeah, and I, I think that's a really great point is, you know, we all have some place in our life, no matter how messed up, let's say, our romantic relationships might be, there's some place in our life where we're really good at it. And how can we tap into those those skill sets and apply them across our entire life? 
because it's oftentimes, you know, somebody's like, oh, I'm, I'm a great salesperson. I connect with people and they're horrible at connecting with their partner. Yeah, isn't that true? It's like we sort of save our best work for our work, which is ironic because relationships are really where we get all of the most benefits, you know, from partnership. Sure, we get benefits from fulfilling purpose and being in careers, but I just mean like the benefits emotionally, physically, physiologically are all so ingrained in our ability to connect. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Well, let me ask you this, Mark, because one of the things that I found is, is, is valuable for me, and I found it with, with just about every guest we've had on the show, is is having what I call a guiding principle. And it may show up as a quote or a mantra or, or you know just some catchphrase that helps you kind of stay on track when you're getting kind of off the page and you're like, whoa, I, I got to refocus. What's that thing for you that brings you back? You know, for me, I've always really... Like my big shift came when I really started to see that I had choice, you know, that everything that had occurred in my life up to the moment, you know, where I sort of, for sake of a better word, woke up, you know, I really hadn't really taken responsibility, you know, full responsibility. I've always really loved the quote, he chose her, of course, but better than that, he chose her day. He, sorry, he loved her, of course, but better than that, he chose her day after day, choice, that was the thing. And for me, partnership is ultimately about choice, not just choosing our partners. But, you know, like we often hear people say, hey, you know what, that makes me angry, that's why I responded that way. But that we have to be better than that. We have to see that between the thing that makes us angry, which is always an unmet emotional need, you know, anger is always a secondary emotion. There's always a choice. And we don't Till we understand it, we don't take as much responsibility as we should of the words we choose. So for me as a guiding principle, it reminds me that before everything I speak, I'm responsible for what's about to happen. Yeah, that's that's so valid and so powerful in a relationship because it, it, it is so easy to point, right? It's easy to go. Uh, I had a guest on the show, Roy Biancolano, a few weeks ago, and he said one of my favorite quotes. He said, there's no aha moments when you're pointing the finger. <laughs> right. That's simple. And it's like, you're right. But we tend to do that more often than not. And, and what are we missing? What are those opportunities to grow and learn and become more of who we are, which, of course, is, is the most amazing form of connection there can be? Well, and of course, too, right? Like exactly what he's saying is it? sorry, is it he? What yeah, he was yeah, Roy. Mm -hmm. is, um, is still like not seeing our part in that dance, right? Okay. If you point fingers, you're not seeing that. That's a dance. That's not, they're not just being that way because that's the way they are only. There is an emotional trigger for them too. And it's in the way we are being, you know? So I think there's always taking responsibility for our side is such an important part, but it's so easy to say like, I tried so hard and they didn't show up. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, one of the things that our listeners have said they really love about this show is the stories that our guests share. And and so what I'd like to do is actually dive into one now. And, and I'd love to start with maybe a spot in your time in your life where, you know, you well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And just tell us that story. What were you doing? You know, what did you trip on? And then what did you learn from that that you were able to move forward with? You know, for me, I think like one of the... Uh, I mean, the most transformative moment for me in relationship was, it's ironic, but it'll be, it's, I got engaged actually when I was 27. And, um, you know, I've been dating the girl for five years. She's a wonderful girl. And I can remember 
you know, we had moved into the same, <laughs> into a house we had just bought. So we were like moving into a new house and got engaged that day. And, you know, I, I tried to do as many big things in one moment, just <laughs> exciting. And I remember in that experience, I was standing in the kitchen across from her and I was looking at her and I remember thinking to myself, I think I should be more excited than this. And up until that point, you know, I'd sort of resisted engagement. I'd resisted wanting to move forward in the relationship to that like next level of commitment, so to speak. Right. And I'd sort of in that moment, I woke up, you know, I saw like all the emotions and the fears I'd had up until this point became very clear that this wasn't where I was supposed to be. Again, there was still like a journey of discovering exactly what that meant for me, you know, for about two, three months after that, like really doing research and talking to people. And it was, it was interesting because I'd sort of heard so many messaging, especially I think for men can probably understand this more is I'd heard so much like you're just afraid of commitment. This is typical for a guy. You're just afraid of commitment. And I'd really bought into that because I was like, well, maybe I am. This is what it's supposed to be like. I'm supposed to be anxious. And when I finally got out of that engagement, I, I broke up with her three months later. I looked at my life and I went, how did I get here? Like, how did I get to this moment where I'm so disconnected from myself and my emotions and I've taken another human being down this path? you know, who for all of her best intentions on her side, she was a wonderful person. She is a wonderful person. And so I sort of looked back and I went, how do I never get to this space again of disconnection from myself and not acknowledging my emotions? And I made a rule in that moment that I would have every conversation I didn't want to have because those were the ones that mattered. Because I saw that throughout my like 20s, I had not talked about the stuff that mattered. I'd avoided the potential conflict causing conversations. All that, you know, in, in not seeing that it's those conversations that we're afraid will break us up or whatever that ultimately can, but they can also bring us closer together. So that was probably my greatest trip up in a way, but also easily my greatest um, transformative learning opportunity to wake me up to choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I love that that comment you made of, of having all the conversations you don't want to have because we know the ones we don't want to have. Mm-hmm. It's not like that's a gray area. It's really clear. Uh, <laughs> Everything you're avoiding talking about is exactly what you should be talking about. But, you know, yeah. there's so many narratives attached to having conversations that are emotional, like my partner doesn't hear me. You know, who knows what our experience was as kids mm-hmm. or or just in our observations of other people in relationship or even previous relationships. Yeah. So for me, that was a very important moment, but also um, such a wonderful one because that advice I give to everyone, which of course innately we understand intellectually, but to understand it emotionally and step towards it requires courage. And that's why I think courage is probably one of the most important other aspects of that lesson for me. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's those, uh, like you're talking about, you know, having that conversation and yet it was actually a very rewarding experience when you even made this your your focus of I'm going to have those conversations. And I remember uh, Gay Hendricks saying he calls them the 10 minute sweaty conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it's that thing you're like, I don't want to say it. 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 And you finally do. And everybody's so happy you did. 
Yeah, Both your partner and you were like, there. yeah, we needed to talk about that. And it's done and it's resolved and it took maybe 10 minutes and you're, everybody's in a much better space. Yeah, you know, I worked with this client once who said to me, I'll never forget it because we were talking about avoiding, you know, the important conversation. She was married on her second marriage and the marriage was good. Um, but she was saying to me in my first marriage, I stayed married 10 years longer than I should have. And I was like, what was the the like thing that you were afraid of? And she was like, I was afraid of a 30 minute conversation. So I gave away 10 years of my life. And she's like, which I learned from because I'll never do that again. She's like, but 10 years, shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like she really had to think about that one. But it's a very important thing I think we need to acknowledge that it doesn't always mean we're gonna break up, but it often means that we'll come closer together too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's so interesting because I mean that's such a great example, right? Ten years of her life because she was avoiding a thirty-minute conversation. Yeah, and there's people who give away decades. You know, oh. ten is sometimes escaping. There's people who die never having lived. You know, and that's yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it really is. And and I, at the same time, I have total appreciation for having that feeling of I, I can't talk about this. We can never talk about this. Me too. But it, it's you know. The reward is there, and yeah, it's uncomfortable for a little bit, but it's so worth it. And you know, it's it's one of those blind trust kind of things. You just got to totally believe. It, okay, I know it's going to be better on the other side, one way or the other. We'll be closer, or we'll be done with this, and it'll all be better. But it takes that that leap of faith. Well, it's that freedom, you know. Like relationships are meant to feel like you're swimming downstream. They're meant to feel blissful, and they're not always going to feel blissful. But it's like adjusting your sail you know and that's a Genesee analogy to understand because you just have to adjust the sail but you still keep flowing um, and those are the conversations those are the sticky points that allow us to grow yeah yeah definitely well let's do this mark let's let's shift gears a little bit what I, I'd love for you to do is share with us a story of one of your proudest partnership moments and it could be family it could be romantic it could be career whatever it is and what I find is, is a way to recognize those is just when you think of a moment like that, it, typically you, you can't help but smile. What's one of those for you? You know, this will be a little counterintuitive because I ended up breaking up with the girl in this moment. But it, I'm very proud of it because I had had this experience when I was younger where I'd gotten into, you know, like things weren't going well in a relationship I was in. And I'd been dating the girl for about 10 months. And... I was feeling like I wasn't important in her life and I ended up breaking up with her. And I remember, you know, like the conflict in the conversation and I was like, you know what, this is over. And she was like, what? What do you mean it's over? And you know, in the moment when I did that, you know, in hindsight, I always have such brilliance in hindsight. But I remember looking back and being like, wow, like I really wanted her to come closer. So I pushed her away. And of course she didn't come closer and we broke up. And I remember in a future relationship, there was um, a conversation we were having and we were talking about whether we were going to be together. And I remember feeling the exact same wall, like the exact same emotional flooding sort of experience in my body. I could feel like the physiological response of like, get yourself out of here. Like you're feeling threatened, your value, you know, your worth is feeling threatened, you're afraid of being abandoned, rejected, whatever. And I remember in that moment deciding to stay and to not say, this is over, I don't want to talk about this, I'm gone. And instead, I communicated how I was feeling, 
that I felt like leaving because I was feeling potentially hurt. And we talked about everything. And we, I know it sounds counterintuitive because the relationship did dissolve, but it was supposed to. But instead of it being me withdrawing and stonewalling in that moment, I actually stayed and acknowledged the fear I was having and communicated it. And she was able to receive me and hold that space for me. And then we talked about everything and that relationship ended peacefully. So for me, it was actually a really, although, you know, we would consider success staying together, I consider success growing and expanding myself along with other people too. So for me, that was a big deal. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And, and you know, one of the things that, that stands out for me, Mark, is a lot of times, like you said, we, we view like, oh, if you stay together, that's success. But partnership doesn't always stay together. Sometimes part of the partnership is supporting each other in the dissolution of that connection and going, okay, well, we're breaking up, but we can support that this is what you need and that's what I need and, and it doesn't match up. So let's support each other on our, our separate paths. And, you know, like you're saying of, of, you know, you guys had this really deep heart-to-heart conversation and ultimately it didn't resolve everything and now it's happily ever after. Instead, it was like, okay, well, that just makes it so we can actually part peacefully. Yeah, you know, it put, it put me on the path I was supposed to be on. You know, I think one of the most dangerous messages we send as a society, culture, religion, you know, they're all often synonymous, is that every relationship needs to last forever. Well, we only have to look at our first relationships for 99% of people, and we see that it didn't last forever. So why is that one okay to not last forever? Because we were 17, but then when we're 27, we're supposed to have it all figured out. You know, I think it's not to say that we don't want relationship to last because it's one measure of relationship success. But why aren't we celebrating relationship quality? We're celebrating anniversaries. We don't celebrate qualiversaries, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's it's such a different concept yeah. because yeah. we're so busy trying to get relationship statuses of being married versus being single or dating, you know, marriage is the ultimate goal. Great. But marriage is a title that you slap on to relationship agreements. You know, this concept of not every relationship is supposed to last forever is very challenging for people. But, you know, I always invite a different intention, which is how can I show up as the best version of me in each moment? And what ends up happening as the outcome of that is often your relationships last because you're showing up as your best self, which invites your partner to you, which invites you to grow together. So it's such a different belief for me. It's the way I operate in relationship. And it's made all the difference for me. Yeah, I, I like that that uh, idea of celebrating qualiversities instead of anniversaries. Because, you, I mean, you're right. It's like, okay, we made it to another year. Right. So? And such a difference. <laughs> and it's like, let's celebrate. Are we trusting each other? Are we growing together? Are we supporting each other's dreams? Like, that's what, like, we should be inviting each other to expand. Not to just age. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, let's just age together. It's like, no, let's do so much more. Because one person is powerful, without a doubt, but two people, two powerful people, can create something separate that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the other thing that, that comes out of that is to get to those quality points, it, it takes growing. It takes some effort. It's not just like, oh, happily ever after, and it's just going to be great. It's like that's falling asleep. What if you're actually awake and engaged with every moment and going, huh, yeah, I'm having those difficult conversations and we're supporting each other in that and, and we're getting through this and 
having that space to go through whatever you need to go through so that you can get back to being your best person in that partnership. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's that separation of like relationships require work. It doesn't mean that it's not, there's not going to be hard times or challenging. So again, word choice, right? Challenging. I think relationships require effort as opposed to, as opposed to work. You know, as soon as we say work, it sounds heavy, but that's maybe because yeah. most of us have chosen work that's not fun. But you know, <laughs> it requires effort yeah. and, and choice. And I think, you know, like you said, if we're constantly putting in the focus on how we're showing up, man, it's the thing is great relationships happen as a result of how we operate our own being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the primary relationship has to be with ourselves first. So yeah. that's how you get to the the next level and, and have that support system. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this then, Mark. We've been talking kind of about, you know, past experiences and partnership, and I'd love to bring this into the present. And I'm wondering, what's a partnership that's really exciting in your life right now? Well, I have, uh, so I'm in a relationship. And um, my, you know, it's interesting because when I started writing about three years ago, um, you know, I was single at the time. I'd been researching relationships for like 10 years since my engagement ended. And so I'd studied the science of it. I'd wanted to understand them. Like I knew all the rituals and I dated, you know, had a couple relationships in that 10 year period. Um, and then since I'd started writing, I dated a little bit, but not a very, you know, nothing had really like inspired me to step towards, um, completely. And, I, I met someone six months ago and she's just all of that, you know, I, everything that I'd sort of like considered in my mind of like, and in my heart of like, this is what I would like, you know, this is what partnership would look like for me. Um, and what I write about, you know, I'm living, which is such a beautiful thing. It's also challenging, right? Because whatever, <laughs> it's also inviting me to grow because that was on my list of things is like being called to be better and having someone mirror to me all my opportunities for growth and to like, be able to articulate them in such a beautiful way and to hold space for me in such a beautiful way that invites me to become the best possible human I can be and the best possible man I can be in relationship and also with my work too. So for me, that's a, a partnership that I'm incredibly excited about because I, I had only really fathomed it. I, I have been in really fantastic relationships, but this one is, is everything I've wanted up until this point and it keeps blowing my mind as I dive deeper. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. It's been fun. So, Mark, we've, we've gotten to a part of the show I call the bring it all home portion. And this is where we step away from the stories. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so that they can take this home and apply it to their partnerships right now. And where I'd love to start is what would you say is is kind of the best or, or you know the most impactful partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? You know, I would say probably from my father. My father has been an incredible um, mentor to me, and, and he often gave me a good head shake when I was younger, and still does, but in relationship, he'd be like, oh, what do you think of there? You know, like, he'd give me some really great advice, but he once said to me, I, I can remember it very vividly where I was when he was talking to me about it, he said, you know, a relationship is a separate organism and there, it involves two people who are whole on them, in and of themselves and they contribute to something that is separate and that grows on its own. And for me, I'd never really thought of that conceptually. I was 
probably about 23 when he told me that. And it was because in my relationship, I wasn't feeding it like it was a separate organism. And that was the first time I'd really even conceptually thought of my, you know, myself and my partner as two people who have their own dreams, beliefs, passions, goals, and then bringing that into a separate um, sort of combination of those and seeing, you know, that relationship have its own goals, dreams, beliefs. And that was such a neat way to think about it. And so for me, I think that's probably one of the most transformative ways I'd ever seen relationship because up until then my instruction was what I saw in the media or through I was born and raised Catholic. So I, it was mostly what I'd seen from that. So it was really interesting, different sort of mind shift for me. Yeah, no, that's that's a great piece of advice. It's pretty cool that, you know, your dad was able to impart that to you. At that Seriously, point. I know. I consider myself so blessed for that. He said some stuff to me that I'm like, thank God. <laughs> I'm awesome. sure my girlfriends have been like, thank God your father gives you advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Seriously. Exactly. Well, tell me, Mark, what, what would you say, like if you had to pick out a book or a resource that, that you would recommend for our listeners on this subject, what one would you select and why that particular one? So I'm really fascinated by why we choose the people we choose. And, you know, I'm, and I think the book on... Um, attached the science of adult relationships and how we connect i think that is probably one of the most profound simple books for people to really because it's written in such a <coughs> excuse me in such a conversational tone and it really breaks down what are we actually translating like why we do what we do to what our real emotional need is so what i mean by that is um every response or choice or frustration or anger Everything is an indicator of an unmet emotional need. That emotional need can be connection, you know, empathy. It can be anything. Understanding. And the book gives such a great, easy translation of attachment theory, which is based on child development, um, of how we attach to our mothers. But that sort of frames how we're going to attach to our romantic partners. So it allows. It, what I think this book does is it turns the light on to say like, here gives you some more awareness of why you might not text people back or might why you might um, push people away when things are just about to get really good. And I think that's such a beautiful way of, of um, allowing us to begin to observe ourselves in relationship. I think the next I'm going to cheat a bit because I think if you want to get deeper into that area of understanding your emotions and what are your triggers? They usually trace back to childhood, not always, but often. And I think the book, Getting the Love You Want, you mentioned the Hendrix before. So Harville Hendrix's book, Getting the Love You Want, is, I think a deeper look at that and is such a beautiful book. I think it transforms people's lives if they put in the time to read it. Yeah, yeah, two tremendous books there for sure. Well, let me ask you this, Mark. I'd love to have us leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. So in other words, Give us a specific example of something where you were able to either do something or create something or experience something that was solely the result of being in partnership and it would not have happened on your own. You know what? My work, like my writing and my speaking and like all the work I do surrounding human connection and surrounding like how we grow and change together has been completely transformed by my own experience. You know, so... For me, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't feel, you know, like in Attached, they talk a lot about, you know, the word need and depend, those being such shamed words in our society today. But 
but we really are more powerful when we feel supported by people. And it doesn't mean you can't be powerful alone, but you know, like I can only observe so much of myself, right? Like we all have blinders in a way, even we can be as aware as we want, but we'll still miss things. And that's what I love so much about partnership is I have this person who is such a beautiful mirror to me, who's able to say like, Hey, have you thought about this? Or even the triggers I get, you know, where I might get feel like emotionally triggered about something that I can, that wouldn't happen without them. And that is an invitation for me to grow. And so what I see as partnership is really like we invite and choose the people into our lives for a reason, whether we acknowledge that or not, we'll do it subconsciously till we bring it to the conscious. And so our relationships are invitations to heal. They're invitations to grow and expand. And for me, my belief is that they're to become the highest possible self we can be. And I think when we really look at them from that perspective, we take away the power that they have on us in terms of how we respond to them. And we see that response. So whatever's going on for us in the dynamics of human connection as an invitation for us to grow and become better and to stop responding in a certain way that's not healthy and instead choose differently in each moment. And I mean, for me, that's where, I mean, life really takes this beautiful beautiful expansive turn when we get past that sticky point that we've never made it past and our love just grows deeper and evolves more and what we see is ourselves expand more personally yeah yeah no that's huge huge payoff from partnership and i, I love what you were talking about the blinders that we have that our partners help us with i call them blind spots because my analogy is you know you're driving the car and you keep backing into the garbage can <laughs> And you're like, where does that thing come from? How come I keep hitting the garbage can? Everybody else can see it, and it's like, why does he keep running into the garbage can? It's totally right. <laughs> and you're like, what's wrong with a you? Can there? Yeah, is he just doing that on purpose? <laughs> and you're like, what? There's no. Where does that come from? So it's like this. You're stuck unless you know that's there. You're gonna do it again and again and again and again. And like you said, that's what that reflection we get from our partners allows us to go. You know, there's a garbage can there, right? Yeah, no, I had no, oh. what? Well, I won't do that again. I didn't know that. And to not see that, because often how we receive that, and I've done it too, so I always speak to that I've done these things. Mm -hmm. so, I'm in the trenches with everybody. Yes, exactly. Is, is we often see that as criticism of how we're showing up yeah. instead of feedback to grow. Yep. And if we can start to transform that belief that, and now don't get me wrong, people can feedback, <laughs> give feedback in a critical way. So it's learning how to give the words to provide feedback where we're using the I statements instead of use and, and really learning that it doesn't mean we're not enough, which is often an identity most of us are attached to. So it doesn't mean we're not enough. It means we have room to become even better. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, I, I think it's pretty clear to, to me. I know it's clear to our listeners that you have so much to share. You've got so much depth and resource in this this particular field and i'd love for you to share with our listeners how do they contact you how do they learn more about what you do um I, so you can go to my website which is www.markgrove so just my name dot tv like television and then um i'm on uh, instagram at create the love and uh, you can email me at connect at montgroves.tv, so just c-o-n-n-e-c-t and i'd love anyone to write me with questions or if there's a subject they want me to you know, answer a question to, I would love to. I do videos as well as write on Instagram and on Facebook. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Mark, I mean, your stories, your, your insights, absolutely amazing. 
I'm going to be digesting this for a while. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are like, I got to listen to that one again. That's so good. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's so much fun. I love this conversation and this topic. And, you know, I think we all just want to get better at it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.